0: Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. Hebrews chapter number 11, uh, verses uh, 11 and 12. If you're taking notes, the title of this message is Faith to Birth a Nation. Faith to Birth a nation. Now, um, I, I understand that uh, this message could be sensitive for some people that have been believing God um, to conceive. And if that's a physical thing um, uh, that you're believing God for, we stand in agreement with you that God will give you the opportunity uh, to conceive life, carry it, and give birth. OK, I want to talk about uh, this particular passage of Scripture and give you a context that I hope will give you the faith that you need to do, as Katie said, and that is trust God at his word. So, again, if you're taking notes, faith to birth a nation. Here's what it says in Hebrews 11:11. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. I love that it's thousands of years later. And upon reflecting back, we still don't give Abraham no credit. This man was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. There is no way to count them. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to give birth. Amen. Amen. I want you to think about this. God goes into a covenant relationship with a man when he is 75 years old. A man that has amassed a great amount of wealth. A man who has a gorgeous wife. We know she's gorgeous because when he gets down to Egypt, he actually has to lie and say that it's his sister. So I want you to think about a 65 year old woman who is so fine. (laughs) That he has to lie and edit his relationship with this woman. For fear of being killed and her being taken away. I imagine she had to look just like Juliet. (laughs) That is the only context that I have to somebody being that fine. He's 75, she is 65, and they are given a promise that seems completely out of context, out of season, out of the, the, the parameters that they would have set For themselves, I am going to give you a son. Now, here's the thing about getting a prophetic word that I have found throughout the years. Uh, We hear what God said, but we have to wait for what he means. Because a lot of times what he said. Can be received one way, but what he means is what we try to fill in the blanks on. Anybody ever watch uh, Will of Fortune? You ever been, been ever channel surfing, and just went by Will of Fortune, and and Vanna hasn't turned over all the letters yet. You didn't plan on watching it, um, uh, but you because you was just flicking channels. But then you stopped, and uh, it was a seven-letter word, and there was four words, four letters there, and three were missing. And you, you, you subconsciously, you, you try to solve the puzzle because uh, as humans, uh, we can't stand blanks. There's an insatiable desire in every person to fill in the blanks. What do you mean? What we, we turn over the letters? Cabbage. It's a seven-letter word. We're just throwing something out there. There's got to be, I, I, I got to figure it out. What, what, what is this? And, and, and we do the same thing with God. God says something to us and we're like, what did you mean when you said that? Hello? Hello? God, what, what did you mean when you said that? I got that prophetic word in the grocery store. So I'm in my quiet time with you. I'm quiet. Go on. What did you mean when you said that? Hello. You know, here's what I think you meant. I think you meant. And we fill in the blank you imagine getting a word at 75 years old that you're going to have a baby <laughs> there's a couple of septuagenarians in here that are going "Mm <laughs> 75 years old you're going to have a baby and you receive that word. I, I believe this word. I, I, God, I I know that 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 you're going to do this. I, I I am I am I'm filled with faith on this. But 75 turns into 76. 65 turns into 66. Turns into 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82. 80. Hello? Hello? I was old when you said it. <laughs> Just, I don't know if you know how old I was when you said this to me, but I was already old. And I am 85, and I'm actually older. 86. 86 years old. Sarah's 76 and they start filling in the blanks. You You know what I think he meant? I think cuz I'm, I'm old. I'm old. I'm I can't. I, we tried to have kids. We couldn't I can't have no kids. Um But Hagar she, she I mean I know it sounds weird but Maybe that's what he meant. And so maybe if you uh, uh, would, would, would go and uh, impregnate Hagar, this is probably the promise that he meant, because look at me and look at you. <laughs> and so maybe it's Hagar. Now, when you've waited a long time, patience is important. Because when you get impatient, bad ideas sound good. I would have hoped that Abraham said, woman. Wow. That you would even consider that is just. Girl, do you know how fine you are? there's nobody that compared to you if God's not going to do it between you and I he's just not going to do it after a while if impatience sets in compromise will be the result she goes to abram abram maybe maybe it's not me go in and 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 sleep with hagar here's abram okay <laughs> what <laughs> And and Hagar gets instantaneously pregnant. First time, they didn't have to try. First time pregnant. And all of heaven is going no. Because God had already spoken clearly. We have to resist the urge to feel in the blanks of our lives when God is silent because that silence is killing anything in you and everything in you that will try to make you go for a plan B so at 87 Abraham has a child Woo! Ishmael. Doesn't even ring well. This is not the promise, but in a moment of vulnerability and compromise, we will call plan B, plan A. And parade it around like it's God's. Here's what he said. Won't he do it? God is amazing. Look what he did for us. He's 87 years old. He has this child. Sarah should be happy. She's the one that suggested it. But she's not. Because you could never be happy seeing the side chick Have your husband's child. I don't know who that was for. But I'm going to just leave that out there in the atmosphere and let it marinate. So flash forward 12 more years. And the Lord comes back and says the same exact Thing. You're going to have a child with Sarah. I already got him. That's not him. Oh. You do know that the only difference between a good idea and God's idea is an extra O? Some of y'all just got a profound revelation just now. You are like, one, two, one. And you usually know when it's a good idea and not a God idea when you have to cough up the extra O. I did what you told me to, Lord. Doesn't work out. Oh. I moved to the city you told me to, Lord, except it wasn't the time. It was three years early. Oh, I went on the mission trip you told me to, Lord, but you didn't get any money raised for the trip. So you stuck. Oh, I'm in the relationship. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know what that. Oh, 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 (laughs) oh. He said, no, no, no. You got a little bit impatient. I told you. That you and Sarah were going to have a child. Your problem was you thought 24 years was too long to wait. I just I have to take my time on this right now because I need to talk to and address some people who are frustrated in their faith because of God's timetable. There are some promises that he's made to you. There are some there are some things that he said is going to happen. But if you do not hold that thing and wait for him. I would always rather be behind God's timetable than in front of it. If In front of it, I'm out there by myself. If I'm behind it. He can just scoop me up. So so, so I needed to lay that foundation before I give you these three points. Are you ready for the three points? Because you do know that, spoiler alert, Abraham and Sarah did conceive and had a child and his name was Isaac. Y'all know that, right? Okay. Let me give you these three points. Please write these down. Point number one. God's promise is on God's timing. Would you say that with me? God's promise is on God's timing. Genesis chapter number 18, verses 9 through 15. Here's what it says. Where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. This is uh, what uh, most theologians believe to be a pre incarnate Christ, uh, along with two angels visiting uh, Abram and Sarah. Where, where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently. <laughs> well, that's actually not silent. She laughed silently. To herself and said, <laughs> listen to her own word. How could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure? Especially when my master, my husband, is also so old. Then the Lord said to Abram, why does Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Do you, you do know God can read your thoughts. So like, even when you like give your like canned spiritual prayer. That's edited for public consumption. Lord, I I believe you by faith and inside you're like, no, I don't. It's been too long. He's like, why did you say it was too long? And you're like, huh? Why does she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I will return. About this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Now, this next verse is just like a parent. Sarah was afraid, so she denied, saying, I didn't laugh. She did all this through the tent. She never came out. She was eavesdropping on the conversation, laughed silently. He heard it, asked Abram, why did she, why did, why did she uh, say uh, that, that this is not going to happen? Is anything too hard? And then she yells through the tent. I didn't laugh. i <laughs> oh, keep it in context. It's really good when it's in context. But the Lord said, No, you did laugh. And then a holy hush came in that tent. (laughs) She didn't say nothing else. God's promise is on God's timing. This is this is one of the hardest things for us uh, as believers uh, when when we've already believed it. The business is going to thrive. God gave us the idea. We opened the business and, and then and then you hit a rough patch. And, and this is this guy. You, you told me I was going to be a multimillionaire and, and you gave me this idea and the business been good. And, 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 I, and I got up to twenty five employees. and Now I'm down to nine. Maybe you want me to do something else. Maybe you want me to do it in a different way. And he's like, no, no, no. I want you to keep doing the same thing. But 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 the same thing's not working like it used to before. Uh, when are you going to come through? And God's like, patience. It's not on your timing, it's on mine. And listen, when, when you do it in his timing, it's beautiful. When you compromise his timing, it's a disaster for you. Uh, I'm from California, born and raised. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to edit this story for context now that I live in the great state of Texas. OK, so um, uh, th- there was a person, let's say, in Houston, there was a person in Houston uh, that 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 got up, and I need. I need this is kind of like a one of those word math problems. Okay, there's a person in Houston that got up, okay, at nine a.m. facing eviction from their residency because they had been behind in their bills, no fault of their own. They 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 uh, had some tough situations come up. And uh, uh, they were behind and they were going to be evicted from their uh, residency at nine o'clock in the morning. They got up and got all of the uh, 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 eviction papers and everything and and put them down in the living room and just began to pray. God, um, I didn't put myself in this situation. I really need your help. And I I believe you're going to help me. I don't know what that's going to look like, uh, but would you please help me? Okay, that was at nine o'clock in the morning. Right. At 915, their friend from Dallas knocked on the door. Is this is this word problem? You you good with me so far? At 915, their friend from Dallas. Knocked on the door. The person knocked on the door. And when the person from Houston opened it, they went, what are you doing here? And they said, "Um, at five o'clock this morning, the Holy Spirit told me to come up, told me to get up, drive down here and give you some money. They knocked on the door at 915. The person didn't start praying until nine o'clock. God was already talking to somebody else about this person's problem before this person started talking to God about their problem. Now, it seems like God does some stuff just out of dramatic flair. But, but, but it's really not. What he's really trying to do is get everything away that could take credit for how he moves. I want you to think about this. If it was just about a promise, Lord, you could have gave given them a baby when they were 30. If this was just about a promise, Abraham goes into a covenant with you at 75. You could have given him a baby at 76. But at 100. With Sarah being 90. No one else is getting credit for this, but God. This is before blue pills It's <laughs> before any enhancement could be done this is before in vitro this is before everything the only person getting credit for this is god it's going to be the same in your life the only person getting credit for his promise in your life is god not your uncle not your degree not your not, not your skilled trade craft is only going to be God. And so he'll remove everything that could be attached to his move so that he stands alone as the one that keeps his promises. God's promise is on God's timing. Point number two, please write this down. God keeps his promises Now, before I even read, read the verse, let let, let me say this. Because this is very, very important. God keeps his promises. (laughs) Some of y'all got it. He keeps his promises, not something you promised yourself. And tried to get him to co-sign on. Listen, I, I found this out. The hard way, because uh, I went to school and studied administration of justice. I was I was a legalist uh, in in the in the most classic definition of the word. I never drank in my life. I never smoked anything in my life. I didn't get into trouble. My older brother founded a gang. I was I was in it for a week. (laughs) They kicked me out of the gang. I got walked into the gang, got walked right back out of the gang because um, I kept going to school and getting good grades, and, well, decent grades. Let me not embellish that. Um, <laughs> I was C average. Uh, <laughs> so so, so uh, they kicked me out of the gang after seven days, and, and I'm like, why am I getting kicked out of the gang? And they said, man, because you don't hang out. You're not ditching school. You're, you're not hanging out. You're not down with the set. And I was like, um, my, my dad will beat me if I... <laughs> If the school calls. So like whatever you're going to do, it's nothing compared to what my dad's going to do. They were like, get out. You can't be in a game. Okay. The importance of having a father. Okay. Um, So I studied administration of justice from the time I was four years old. uh, My parents would tell you I wanted to be in law enforcement. Let me give you the full context up until four. I wanted to be Batman. That's the truth. And I had a conversation with my dad and my dad said I couldn't be Batman. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be Batman. I'm going to fight crime. I'm not going to have a gun. He said, son, this is Los Angeles. (laughs) Gotham is fictional. (laughs) Batman would get killed out here. (laughs) I'll be a cop. Okay, so. I study. I do all this stuff as a teenager, uh, memorize two thirds of the penal code as as, as a teenager. Uh, I start going through the um, the 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 steps to become uh, a law enforcement agent before going into the um, uh, police academy, Los Angeles Police Department. And I give my life to Christ in the middle of that. uh, I preach five weeks later. I've been preaching ever since. I just wanted to be a born again Christian who was also a police officer. I just thought this is gonna be the easiest soul-winning evangelistic harvest of all time. I arrest people, put them in the back seat, captive audience, <laughs> witness on the way to the jail, give their life to Jesus, serve their time, get out, rehabilitation, Jesus is Lord, right? No. I tried to get him to co-sign on that promise, all the way up until he had to just completely close the door. Now, why am I telling you this? Because he keeps his promises, not the divisions we have for ourselves that we hope he endorses. This is very important. There are there are churches being planted because it's a good idea. There are relationships that are being entered because it's a good idea. There are businesses being started there. There are relocations happening because it's a good idea. But you have to know that God keeps his promises if it's his promise. The reason why this is so important, because I'm tired of people blaming God when something doesn't go right. And he never said it in the first place. You just been walking around with Ishmael for 13 years. Amen. (laughs) I just felt like I needed all that to be said. Genesis 21. Verses 1 through 3, here's what it says. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah, here it is, exactly what he had promised. (laughs) She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would and Abraham named their son Isaac. Now, I didn't have this in my notes, but I want to read it. This is verse number 6. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. How ironic. Because wasn't she laughing to herself silently? He, he, he said, duly noted. I got that. I'll make you laugh. Audibly. And I love what Sarah says. She says, uh, uh, everybody that's going to hear about this will laugh with me. That's good. You, you, you have to have some people that when your promise comes, that that will laugh with you, that will rejoice with you. He keeps his promises. And point number three, please write this down. God wants to bless. The nations. God wants to bless The nations. Man, this 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 really got me in my study time. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 12 says this. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Now, I want you to write down this 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 sentence. Abraham became the source of an entire nation. Abraham became the source of an entire nation. This really got me in my study time. This really got me. Abraham became the source in the entire nation. Now, let me give you the definition uh, for source. Anything or place from which something comes arises or is obtained origin. That word origin. Really spoke to me. Here's why. When you hear a statement like faith to birth a nation, it sounds daunting, right? Like a whole nation. God's going to birth a whole nation through me. We think of nations and we think of, you you know, continents and 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 territories of people and hundreds of thousands, if not millions upon millions of people. And we go, God's not going to do that through me. Here's here's what God is really saying. He says, hey, I want to do something through you that starts with you. I I need a source for this faith that I want to birth through you. I, I need a source for this, I need an origin story for this. Anybody like watching uh, the movies? Uh, anybody like watching origin stories, like, like, like the stories that that give you where this person came from? Right. Like, like, like for as many Spider-Man movies that have come out, I'm tired of Uncle Ben dying. Right? Uh, we know it already. It's tragic. Uncle Ben dies. Move on from there. But here's what's important. The origin of a thing is absolutely important. So important that when Matthew writes uh, his chronicle of the generations that lead to Jesus, he starts with Abraham. The origin story of faith. From Abraham to David, 14 generations. From David to the Babylon. Exile, 14 generations. From the Babylonian exile to Jesus, 14 generations. He he says Jesus came through 42 generations through this man, the origin. The, The origin is absolutely important to your faith narrative. God wants to do something through you that perhaps generations from now People will be walking in because you took one step of obedience. Well, well, well. A nation was birthed. All he had was Isaac, the, the son of the promise. And, and, and here's what God says. That's enough to get started. See, when you're the origin of a thing, he doesn't need much from you. He just needs you to take the step that's going to be the source for somebody else's faith to perpetuate. He's calling you to be the origin of a generational blessing. He's calling you to be the origin of peace in your home. He's calling you to be the origin of joy in your workplace. He's calling you to be the origin of change on the job. He's calling you to be the source of that. What is he calling you to do? Because he wants to bless bless nations through you. He wants to bless the world around you through you, not anybody else through you. You just had some people over on Thursday that you kind of (laughs) like. He wants to bless them through you. You can serve as the antithesis to all the dysfunction in your family and bring about a catalytic change. If you would just be the person that he can source his faith through. Listen. um, My life didn't turn out the way I planned. It turned out better. Because I accepted his promise for my life and not. My own agenda for my life, thereby becoming the source of a blessing for some people that I had no idea he wanted me to impact or influence. He wants to do the same for you. The thing that I don't want you to get uh, confused is that God's not looking for platform people. To change the world. He's looking for obedient people. To change the world. He's not looking for great oratorical ability for people to change the world. He's looking for faithfulness that will change the world. There is somebody on your job that is going to come to Christ because you're going to be their source of faith and inspiration. There's somebody in your neighborhood that will see the light of Jesus because you're going to be the source of that joy, that love that peace, and that hope. This is what he wants you to birth. And and isn't it amazing that it doesn't matter if you've been written off, he'll still use you? Nobody else would have chose Abraham for this faith movement. Because we look at the external and God is always looking at the internal. Uh, He's good as dead. Anybody ever felt like that? Somebody looking at you. You're good as dead. Your life is, you're a wreck. Know what? God's never going to use you. You've done too much. You've been out there too long. You've made too many mistakes, and here's God. I'll pick you. God, I'm as good as dead. Exactly. You called my name, and I... He loves taking things that are as good as dead and getting glory. I call to the witness, stand, Jesus, who was as good as dead for three days in a grave. And after three days, put breath back in his body, got him up and the man walked around for 50 days. Looking at people. (laughs) Y'all good. Right here. Right here. He loved taking the things that people meant to kill us and turning it into a testimony that can heal others. So, so, So if you think you've been written off and that you're as good as dead, you are overqualified. If you have the worst testimony of all time. And you feel like everyone's judged you and nobody wants you. I'm here to tell you, he'll take you. He'll take the most crazy testimony you have and use it for his glory. In the same way he's done mine. He, he just he just uses it. I, there, there, nobody else would choose a sexually abused kid who had low self-esteem and was highly promiscuous throughout his life and then go make him a preacher. Right. Like you might qualify as an usher. We'll let you greet people, share that rich testimony. But, you know, morally, mm -mm, no, we we need some people cleaner than you. And God said outside of Jesus, I couldn't find nobody. So I just chose everybody. And I bless who I want to bless and I use who I want to use. And I want them to be the source of something great. No matter how old you are, how dead you feel that you are. God wants to use you to bless the nations around you. If that sounds too daunting, just think about the person across the street. Go bless Chris. stop just waving at him at the mailbox and just go straight to his house. "Hey, Chris, you have anything I want you? To, you need anything you need to pray about?" Chris is like, "Why are you talking to me?" <laughs> I'm your source, Chris. I'm your plug. You're going to find Jesus through me. You're going to get to heaven. The kingdom is very near you, Chris. Shake my hand. (laughs) Kingdom's right there. Ah, thank you. (laughs) He will use you if you give him permission. And it can change the world around you. So, get some faith. Go birth something. He keeps his promises. If he told you something, you're not getting old. You're just getting ripe. Because <laughs> if he said it, it's going to happen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited every time I get to stir people's faith up because I know That there are some things that he wants to do for, in, and through you. And he's going to do it. And it doesn't matter what you're facing currently. We stand on God's promises. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.